1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
2: Welcome to a special presentation of Turn on the Jets Digital. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined, as always, by the great beat reporter from NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media, Mr. Daryl Slater. Daryl, what's going on, man? Not too much.
3: Appreciate you having me on, as always.
2: Of course, always a fun time and always something to talk about. We're going to do some mailbag questions in a bit, but first, some news that broke yesterday. Three players on the Jets had their options declined. Kevin Pierre-Lewis, the linebacker, Terrence Brooks, the safety, and Mike Pinnell, the defensive lineman. Pinnell was a little bit surprising, but there's some questions about how he might fit in a Greg Williams scheme. So talk to me a little bit about these three players, the decision to not exercise their options, and what you think this tells you about how they're going to proceed in the off season
3: yeah, I mean I think if you look at these three guys, the Jets had team options on all three of them, so um, in these situations, um, obviously there's usually an option bonus tied to um, to the decision that the team has to make, which basically forces the team's hand uh, usually about this time every year, the twenty second day prior to the start of the league year, which is when the franchise tags can start being given out, and it's also the option day for for players like this, so Brooks primarily a special teams player didn't really find a home on defense with Todd Bowles, you know, has a future probably in the league as a, as a special teams player, but the jets obviously didn't see enough in him. And and in terms of what he was going to have as a cap hit, you were looking at, I think $2.1 million in a cap hit and his salary was going to be like 1.8. So probably a little bit high for someone in his situation in the jets eyes. And then uh, Pierre Lewis is a guy who the jets gave a good amount of money to last year. Um, um what essentially was a one year contract and as as really all of these situations were. Uh but he just couldn't stay healthy. He did a good job on special teams. But um you know Brandt Boyer liked him, but I think ultimately these decisions come down to the front office and uh his number was, was also going to be probably too high for what he was going to be capable of giving the Jets. Um and then and then Mike Pinnell maybe a guy to get the Jets look at and say, maybe he's just more of a three, four nose tackle and really couldn't fit in as a defensive tackle in a four, three. So a few factors there in the end, the Jets create about $5.46 million in additional salary cap space. I think they were at about 96 million. So now they're back up to about a hundred million. Ultimately five and a half million dollars is somewhat of a drop in the bucket, I guess when you have $96 million already. So and these were football decisions. I mean, it's not like they were cutting guys to create an enormous amount of cap space, but that was an added benefit of it when you structure these contracts the way the Jets did. So they'll move on from those guys, and really the main guy they'll have to think about replacing and what they'll think, have to think about doing is uh, figure out what they want to do with defensive tackle. So uh, with Steve McClendon, a pending free agent, I would be surprised if the Jets re-sign him. Uh, what do they do there at defensive tackle? Do they move... Leonard Williams inside. Can foley uh play a bigger role in his second year? Can he play inside? So Greg Williams needs to look at this and figure out just what he's going to do in terms of his, if presuming he runs a base 4-3, what is his front four going to look like? And uh, especially in the interior now that Pinnell is gone and now that it seems like they uh, will be, they'll let him walk in free agency considering his age and injury issues.
2: One player that certainly could be a target for that front four is Trey Flowers, the outstanding defensive lineman from the New England Patriots. It looks like he's poised to hit unrestricted free agency. And he is the subject of our first question in the mailbag, Daryl. This comes from Higgle, who asks, if the Jets sign Flowers, do you think that there will be a Patriots drop-off? So I guess what he's asking is, is he a product of that Patriots system, or do you think he could come right in here play for Greg Williams and the Jets and give you similar or equal production?
3: The thing about Bill Belichick is he's so versatile on defense, and he'll mix in some four-man fronts and some three-man fronts. And So it's really uh, hard to peg them as maybe a 4-3 or a 3-4, but he uh, he certainly has experience. Flowers does playing in a 4-3, um, and, and certainly some experience in three-man fronts as well because New England is so versatile. So I think that'll help him. As he comes to a, a Jets defense with Greg Williams, that yes, maybe 4-3 will be their base, but Williams likes to be versatile as well. Now, it looks like the Patriots are not going to franchise tag him. Um, I mean, the Falcons could franchise tag Grady Jarrett. He would be a possibility for the Jets, um, if he is not tagged, but, um, I think that's, you know, I think they'll go after, after Flowers, presuming he becomes available. It looks like he will be.
2: Next question comes from Mike. He wants to know what you think the Jets could realistically expect to get if they trade down to around six or seven. If bosa is gone, do you think the 49ers would trade down or would they grab somebody like Josh Allen? And if Haskins is gone, does another quarterback warrant a trade-up? Murray, Locke, somebody like that. So a lot of draft-intensive questions here, but let's start with the first one. What do you think the Jets could realistically expect to trade down to six or seven? I'll say this much: whatever it is, it's going to be a lot less than what they had to give up to go from six to three last year.
3: Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, I think if you look at the, the draft value charts, uh, the Jets gave up a lot more um, than the, than that value chart. So, um, I, I, yeah, probably less. I guess. I guess it depends on so many factors. Um, you know, you know. I presume they get a second round pick in the deal. Uh, but, um, yeah, I would guess less. I don't know. I mean, it depends on like who's available. It's impossible, literally impossible to forecast it based on like not knowing any of the circumstances. So, um, like, like the other question, the most important part of that question was, you know, if Dwayne Haskins is off the board, you know, is there any other quarterback worth trading up for? And that's a decision that the Giants will have to make. I I don't know. Like, I'm going to, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I studied all this Kyler Murray film. Sorry. But like, I don't really know. Like. I mean we we have a long time left before the draft. i I I'm I guess I'm I could sit here and pretend like I you know I'm an expert on Kyler Murray, but like he's a really good player, I guess. He's kind of short, right? But that doesn't mean he can't be good. Look at Russell Wilson. We still have the combine and pro days to go. Um so yeah, I think he could be a pretty good player, I I suppose. And I think he and Haskins are probably the top two quarterbacks in his draft. I'm not telling you anything you don't know already. Um but I think if you look at the, yeah, Arizona, San Francisco, and the Jets, say Bosa goes one. I don't think the Niners would trade down out of two. I mean, they have a lot of holes to fill there, and there's some good players they could get. Um, a team wouldn't need to trade to two, uh, in order to get a quarterback. They could trade to three and get a quarterback and be fine. Um, if you're talking about the Giants at six or the Jaguars at seven. So the 49ers could probably stay put. Um, I think if the Jets go from three to six or, or three to seven, if both quarterbacks are available at three, yeah, maybe the Jets do get a decent haul. You know, maybe two non-quarterbacks, like Arizona, San Francisco, are not taking quarterbacks, right? So if 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 two non-quarterbacks go off the board, the Jets' turn comes up. Every quarterback's available. The Giants or Jaguars are in a bidding war. Maybe the Jets do get three second-round picks out of it. Maybe they do get a two two seconds and a third. I think the Jets would be plenty pleased with that, and I think that would be something worth moving down for
2: this one comes from Michael Christopher. It's a multi-part question again. He says, first of all, do you think Quan Alexander could be a realistic target for the Jets since when healthy, he's a very good player? Also, are there any under-the-radar free agents you think the Jets should look at? And what kind of role do you see Nathan Shepard playing this year in Greg Williams' defense?
3: Okay, so we'll start with Quan Alexander. I, I don't think the Jets are going to go after him. I mean... You know what? What role would he fit for them? He's he's 6'1", 227. He's so I guess he could maybe play outside linebacker. I guess he's been a middle linebacker in Tampa. I don't really know. I don't study a lot of Tampa's defense, but he's got seven career sacks. So from a pass rusher perspective, you know I don't know how much he'd help you there. Was a Pro Bowler in twenty seventeen. Just played six games last year. So. Uh, I suppose the Jets could get him for for cheap. But, if you, I mean, they have a middle linebacker already in Avery Williamson, and they're locked up with him because of his contract structure.
0: Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily Bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW, void, prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
2: <laughs> Daryl, as far as the second question, I'm going to jump in for a second because under the radar free agent that I personally like is Jamison Crowder, the slot wide receiver from the Washington Redskins. He's a guy that you might be able to get on. On the cheap because he was banged up a little bit last year and so he might be looking at a one-year prove-it type deal. I think he's somebody that might be able to make an impact on this Jets offense especially if they're able to get Le'Veon Bell. You put Crowder in there with Bell, Anunwa, Anderson and of course Christopher Herndon and now you have some playmakers on that offense.
3: Yeah, and you look at this Adam Gase offense, and they really like to make use of, of skilled slot receivers, and Crowder would certainly fit that bill at 5'9", 177. Guy who's still 25 years old, he'll be 26 at the start of the season. And and like you said, kind of a down year last year, but the year before, 789 yards and three touchdowns, and 847 and 7 in 2016. So he'd certainly be a guy that would fit that bill. I think that's a good name to watch.
2: And what about the final question here about Nathan Shepard? Do you think he's going to step up and have a larger role in Greg Williams' defense?
3: Eh, look, I don't know. I, I, that that pick, to me from the get go, seemed questionable. Uh, you're talking about a guy who barely played in Division Two. I mean, and before that, he was at the University of British Columbia, and the Jets picked him based on the fact that he had pretty good Senior Bowl practices. I mean, so I, I was I thought that was a dubious pick from the beginning. Quite frankly, they're not going to get rid of him. I don't think this year, but. Um they're going to give him a chance obviously to show what he can do. I, I just don't know if he can play at this level. I, I just I didn't see enough last year for me to say, oh, you know, this guy's got it. Um so he's going to have a lot to prove. I think it, it it more so than just a role in the defense. He's he's just going to have to prove he can play legitimate legitimately at this level. Um it'll it'll depend on him more so than the scheme.
2: Yeah, that's where I'm at with it, too. I think that he's going to get every opportunity to be a contributor, but I'm not 100% confident that he's going to be able to do much with it. As we move on to our next question, Daryl, this one comes in from Darren Tewksbury. He wants to know, which coach do you think will have the most impact on the Jets besides the obvious, Gase, Williams, and Boyer?
3: That's an interesting one. I, th- I think that's an interesting question, and and one guy... I would look at is, is a guy the Jets retain, and that's Denard Wilson, their secondary coach. that Greg Williams liked them enough to keep them around. Uh, I think that's a really interesting one. I mean, you look at uh, Denard Wilson was in, uh, Los Angeles with the Rams and Greg Williams before, uh, coming to the Jets. And that, and that familiarity, I think, is interesting because Greg Williams was the Rams defensive coordinator from, uh, 2014 to 16 in St. Louis and Los Angeles before he went in 2017 to Cleveland. And then, uh, Denard Wilson, um, was there with the Rams defensive quality control coach from 2012 to 2014. And he became the defensive backs coach in 2015 and 2016 before coming to the Jets in 2017 with Todd Bowles. So, um, yeah, uh, Greg Williams and Denard Wilson have a, a good deal of familiarity. I think that'll be a fascinating one to watch because the Jets' secondary was such a problem for them last season, especially Tremaine Johnson. So he is a, a hugely important player for the Jets who they need to get more out of, and it'll fall on Denard Wilson to do that. So I think he's he's, an, he's the guy to watch. I mean, they kept him around off, off bowl staff as they did with Grant Boyer, and, uh, and, and Denard Wilson uh, will play a big role this season in determining just if the Jets are any better in their secondary.
2: This one comes in from Michael Nania, who, of course, is the host of Chronicles of Nania here at TOJ Digital. He wants to know Should I get my Jets big chest jersey in green or white?
3: the irony is if you got it in an extra small i guess right right. even though i guess was he referring to was antonio brown referring to a a, a chest i guess a treasure chest of sorts right i can't keep up with all of his social media antonio brown keeping up with antonio brown on social media is like keeping up with like my 14 year old cousin it's just an (laughs) inundation of just nonsense like i cannot keep up with it like I, i have such sympathy for these Steelers beat writers who have to like monitor this guy's every every tweet and and instagram story it's like you know i mean i'm going on instagram to look at like conde Nash travel photos not to look at this guy <laughs> brad you know, like so yeah hey yeah, your, your big chest jersey whatever however he was describing it i it was he was probably talking about the his you know chest to put all his money in uh look I've said it before. I think you, you said it too. I don't think the Jets should trade for this guy. I think it would be a bad move on a number of fronts. The Steelers are going to want a ton for him. Um, he's been a problem. Um, yes, he's a very good player, but I think those are the two prong parts of the issue, you know, on the negative side. Uh, his skills are unquestionable, but he's been a problem. Do you want to put a guy like that around a young quarterback? And, um, he's going to cost a ton. Uh, and and yes, he has hey, he has some he has a couple of years left on his contract. But he's you think he's going to be satisfied with that? Like, so the Jets are going to have to trade a, a haul for him. There's going to be competition for him. I just don't think it would be. I don't think it would be a smart move for the Jets to do this. Um, maybe they will do it because they certainly have done a lot of things that could be not classified as smart It would be risky. I, it's not like the dumb wouldn't be the dumbest thing in the world because you could justify it. Because, uh, you know, you look at this guy's skills and he's fantastic, but um, there's just so many, I think, red flags that putting a guy like that around a young quarterback is a huge risk.
2: In the answer to your question of whether or not he would be happy with his current agreement, one of the things that he said on that Instagram chat was that teams with guaranteed money should come his way. So it would seem that whoever he goes to, he's probably going to want some sort of new agreement. I'm In between on this one, I understand the arguments on both sides of it. Like you said, bringing him in is a major, major risk for all the reasons that you listed. But you are looking at a team that desperately needs talent. And it really depends on the price it takes to get them here. And if they feel like they can work out a comfortable new contract that both sides could live with because that's what he's going to demand of any team that trades for him. So I think if it ends up being something like a third round pick, which is what's being talked about now, you could consider it because then if it doesn't work out, if you cut him, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, you hate losing a third round pick, but it's not like you paid an astronomical price. At the same time, those third-round picks could be used for offensive linemen that you could help rebuild that wall around Sam Darnold. So I don't know. It's a very tricky proposition at this point. I could see both ends of it. I wouldn't be upset if they made the move, but I also would completely understand why they wouldn't want to do it. Moving on to our next question. This is from Michael Palace. He wants to know, what do you think is the furthest the Jets should realistically be willing to trade down? Would you consider dropping out of the top ten?
3: Sure. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it depends on what what you're able to get. Um, I think if you you look at there are plenty of quarterback needy teams outside the top 10. I was just going through last night. I did a little thing for today, ranking the best and worst quarterback situations in the NFL. Not not necessarily quarterbacks, but the teams in terms of their quarterback situation. Um, And if you look at, you know, you look at some of these teams like Miami at 13, they could use a quarterback. You know, Washington at 15. They don't have a quarterback right now. So, um, as you go down the list there, I mean, those are a couple teams there, 13 and 15 uh, outside the top 10. Uh, Denver, obviously, at 10, is taking care of their situation, at least for the short term. Cincinnati at 11. You know, how much time does Andy Dalton have left? Um, So, those are three teams right there that that, that if they want to be super aggressive and jump ahead of these other teams, uh, the Giants, the Jaguars, who could pick a quarterback and go for it, I think the Jets should listen. Uh, It all depends on what what you're talking about in terms of the move down um i mean it's pretty far to move down but um i think if the jets feel good enough about those other positions in terms of the offensive line maybe an edge rusher and in in particular if they feel good about the guys they could get with that with that next pick like that second round pick if they like an offensive lineman they could get in the second round that this could work out really well for them so yeah i think that they should certainly listen to offers for moving out of the top 10.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that you should listen to all offers and I would certainly consider dipping outside of the top 10. I think a lot of this depends on A, who's on the board if you're making this deal while you're on the clock, obviously. And B, the other component here is what do you think of players that are on the back end of the top 10 and then maybe in that 10 to 15 range. If there are guys you really like, then certainly it might be worth it. I'm of the opinion that... If you're sitting at number three and Quinton Williams or Nick Bosa is there, it would take a pretty hefty offer for me to move. I know that a oh, lot yeah. of people yeah. don't see it that way when it comes to Quinn and Williams. They don't like the idea of taking an interior defensive lineman. To those people, I say watch some more of Quentin Williams' tape, and you may change your mind. You may not. It's possible. But I think that if you watch a lot more of his tape, you may start to come around because even I was of the opinion at first, oh, you can't take another interior defensive lineman. But the more I've watched this guy, the more I'm in the camp of give me a really good trade offer or I'm not moving if he's on the board
3: some of those plays in the national championship game, he he's incredible. The guy's nasty. And so yeah, I'm in your camp there and it, well, Bosa's a no brainer. Bosa's there at three and you trade out of that pack. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> maybe years from now you'll people see Bosa maybe it'll be a bust. But like as you look at it right now, it's the safest move, right? To to stay there if Bosa's there.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think if Bosa or Quinn and Williams are there And to a lesser extent, I guess you can make this Case with Josh Allen, but I think if Bosa or Williams are there, you have The opportunity to take one of two guys That could be an all-pro level player For many years, it would take a lot For me to move away from that, especially Since the Jets are in desperate need Of all-pro level players, since They only have one guy on the roster right now That you know lock, stock, and barrel Is guaranteed to be in the all-pro Discussion, and that is, of course, Jamal Adams Moving on to the next question, Daryl This one comes in from James Ash, He wants to know if there are any in-house candidates to fill the 4-3 defensive lineman scheme now that we're seeing gone and probably Henry Anderson. Are there guys that could step up on the inside that are here already?
3: Yeah, I kind of mentioned it earlier on when we were talking about this. Could they move Leonard Williams inside? Uh, you know, I think Foley Fodacossi is a bigger question considering he didn't really do anything last year as a rookie. Um, so those are a couple of guys to watch. I think as you look at that, and I'm sure the Jeff will try to supplement the position interior defensive line spot in, in, in free agency or the draft. But uh, yeah, those are a couple of guys I think to look at. I and mean, maybe Leonard Williams winds up being more comfortable playing in the interior at a four, three than he was playing on the edge at times in, in a three, four. So yeah, I think Leonard Williams would be the big one. And uh, obviously I, I would guess Steve McClendon is, they'll let him walk. So um. So I think that'll be uh, that'll be what to watch in terms of that.
0: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and
0: we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Next question comes in from Gus. He says, with Claiborne and Screen possibly not coming back next season, the Jets are going to have need a cornerback. What round do you realistically think they could target a corner in the draft? And also, do you think that either Roberts or Jones could step up and start across from Tremaine Johnson in 2019?
3: Okay, I think so. As you look at the corner position, obviously, Tremaine Johnson is going to be back. I think Morris Claiborne could wind up coming back on yet another one year contract. Buster Screen, the slot corner, is probably gone. So you're looking at a situation where um, one of your corners is almost certainly gone at the slot, and then you have to figure out uh, was Perry Nickerson equipped to play there right now in his second year, or do you need to go out and get somebody? So. In terms of if you replace Morris Claiborne, I think that's a bigger issue. I don't think Jones is, he's a raw prospect. I don't think he's necessarily ready to step in there and, and start outside corner. If you, if you're going to let Claiborne go, I think you're probably replacing him with a veteran, especially considering how shaky Tremaine Johnson was last year. Do you really want uh, another or? I wouldn't say Tremaine Johnson's unproven, but do you want an unproven guy across from, a, from a, a veteran in Johnson who was underwhelming last year? So I think that's, that's how you have to look at it. It's a very delicate and important position, all three of those corner positions you know, in today's NFL. And uh, What round would the Jets be comfortable taking a corner in? I mean, they're probably not taking Greedy Williams at number three overall. So then you look at if they get a second-round pick, could they do it there? Sure, I think that they could. Uh, Morris Claiborne's not a long-term solution for them. Tremaine Johnson could be a goner after twenty twenty they're almost certainly stuck with him through twenty twenty so if they pick up a second round pick, they could go with one there. I think a third the third round is very likely uh a possibility they have two third round picks so I think that you know you watch that and then you look at what type of corners maybe Greg Williams wants to bring in you know maybe a bigger physical corner or are you looking at like I said, it depends on what happens with, with Claiborne. Are you looking at maybe getting uh, a, a sl- just a slot corner? Because I don't think screen returns. He wasn't good enough last year.
2: Yeah that's pretty much where I'm at with it too I think that at best in the draft They're probably looking at a corner In the mid-rounds unless like you said They trade down and pick up extra picks Then maybe something happens in the second or third round As far as free agency Unfortunately not a lot of big names Callahan is a possibility there That they could add somebody who at least has experience But I think as far as the long-term solution to the cornerback position, you're probably looking at another year where you're going to have to wait for that to happen unless they strike gold in the mid-rounds of the draft. A lot of questions about the defense today and specifically the defensive line, Daryl. A lot of defensive line questions. This one comes in from Sun Moon Rise, two-parter. First question is, do you think that Greg Williams and Adam Gase had a meeting of the minds on the three players yesterday, or could there have been some sort of disagreement as to who to keep? And the other question is, besides Trey Flowers, who are some guys that the Jets could target in free agency to come in and fill the void from Pennell and guys like that, Henry Anderson, who aren't going to be here?
3: Yeah, I'm sure they met about the players. I think that's pretty standard procedure. Um, And those decisions come down to... General Manager Mike Mcagn, he decides on who who makes a team and who doesn't in terms of the 53-man roster and these sort of personnel decisions. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they met about that. In terms of guys who could come in, um, uh, Grady Jarrett would be the preferred option, right? I mean, I, I, but the problem is the Falcons could franchise tag him and, and, and keep him off the market. In terms of the other defensive tackles, I mean, it's a it's a pretty thin market out there i think that the the problem is that you're seeing is a lot of these edge rushers and then in particular you know a really strong defensive tackle like grady Jarrett are going to potentially get locked up with a franchise tag so i think the jets maybe would be better off if they think uh that he could do it sliding leonard williams inside and playing having him play an interior position on the four three so uh yeah i think look at look at Jarrett maybe but uh pounce on him if he's available no guarantees that he will be but um I think if you look at uh, maybe the end position in the among four three ends, a guy like Trey Flowers would be more likely to be available than a, an elite interior defensive tackle. Um, it's a position certainly the Jets are going to have to figure out here with McClendon gone, probably gone, and uh, and with Penel gone.
2: Daryl, final question. This comes from a guy who calls himself Murder Was the Gase. It's an interesting handle for sure. He says if you had to pick one team that you think is the most likely to trade up at number three and leapfrog the Giants to grab a quarterback in this draft, who would you put your money on?
3: The Jaguars and the team that's right behind them. I think the Jaguars at seven need to be worried about the Giants at six. It's pretty pretty simple because – uh, even though the Giants have this like inexplicable, ongoing love affair with with Eli Manning, who, to be fair, actually put up pretty decent numbers last year, but obviously he's nearing the end of his career. Uh, they could save a bunch of money by cutting him. I think this is the final year of his contract. So they need to start thinking uh, ahead at quarterback, but at least they have somebody in 2019 who could be a serviceable quarterback. The Jaguars do not have that. Like They don't have that. Blake Bortles is not coming back. He's been a disaster. He hasn't even been close to serviceable. They need to figure out what they're going to do. So if they don't, if they don't get a quarterback in free agency, which obviously comes before the draft, um, they are a prime prime candidate. I think uh, if you're looking at a potential team like a mid-September trade, you remember the Jets and St. Patrick's Day last year did it. Maybe maybe you see something similar happen this time around with the Jaguars jumping over. Uh, jumping over the Giants at six. And the Jets did it last year with the Broncos, who were fifth. The Jets were sixth. They preemptively moved to three. Um, Maybe you see the similar type of thing here happening at seven to three uh, with with the Jaguars jumping over the Giants at six. But don't count on any of those teams I I mentioned earlier in terms of the teams outside the top ten. If the Jets are willing to move outside the top ten, the Dolphins are an option. Uh, The Bengals, potentially. I mean, these are all teams that have to figure out their quarterback situation long term um, because they really don't have any long-term answers Washington at 15 Alex Smith might never play again so those are three teams right there outside the top 10 but I think ultimately the Jaguars are the, the most likely option
2: I think a lot of this depends, Daryl, on what happens before the draft because if, yeah. say, Jacksonville is able to make a deal to get Nick Foles, then maybe they're not as pressed to go and make a move up to get a quarterback. If the Giants decide internally that they don't love this quarterback class and they're going to roll with Eli for another year and grab a quarterback next year, then maybe they don't feel any pressure to move up. I think the Dolphins are certainly in the quarterback market, but it's going to depend, obviously, on how they assess these potential. ...particular quarterbacks. The two teams that I think are interesting here, aside from the Dolphins, who I'm not sure the Jets do business with, but I guess for the right deal, maybe they would, are the Bengals, because they have a brand new coach who's an offensive-minded guy and may want his own guy. If there's a player he sees here, a quarterback he likes... There may be some banging on the table to move up and get that person. And I think the Redskins, because Daniel Snyder and Bruce Allen are kind of insane, and they've shown that they're willing to do some things that maybe don't make sense to a lot of people. So moving up all the way from their spot to number three could be a possibility if there's a quarterback that they like. But it's going to be an interesting thing to monitor because a lot of pieces are going to have to fall into place after free agency and trades and all of that before the draft. Plus, of course, the Combine. And all of the process around the draft And the evaluations It's going to really depend on scouting reports And what these teams think of these quarterbacks So a lot to be determined As we head into free agency And the draft in March and April Daryl Slater of NJ.com And New Jersey Advanced Media Thanks so much for joining me as always You and Matt Stiblkowski Have some great stuff cooking up at NJ.com So why don't you let everybody know What you have up there And how people can get a hold of you
3: Uh, yeah Thanks for having me on, as always, com slash Jets, as always. And then Matt's got a little rundown of the Jets' latest salary cap situation after the three moves from yesterday, adding about five and a half more million in uh, salary cap space. And then uh, and I got a little something up there about where the Jets rank and all the other teams in terms of the best and worst quarterback situations uh, in the NFL. I put the Jets ahead of ahead of some of these other teams with rookie quarterbacks, but uh, yeah, obviously they're not in the top 10 yet. So... Anyway, check all that out. It's on there. Appreciate you having me on, and we'll talk next week.
2: Absolutely. Looking forward to it. And Make sure you head over to NJ.com and check out Daryl's great work and Matt Stipulkowski's great work as well. And for the latest and greatest, in New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.
0: With the Lucky Lands slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.